We're on the road with Mickey, we're gonna have some fun. Regardless of the rain or sun, our trip has just begun. So buckle up, let's go, we're about to start the show. And maybe if you like us, you'll see where else we'll go. Hi everyone, I'm Sophie, he's Mike. Welcome to our little corner of the podcasting universe. Hopefully you like the sound of our voices and you want to stick around for the show. Not that it stays in one place for long. I mean, after all, we are on the road with Mickey. So hop in the car and buckle up your skate belts because we've got an awesome adventure this week. Now a brief rundown before we get moving. First up, our roundtable talk where we'll discuss the main topic for this week, followed by some Disney trivia ranging from Disney history to a random Disney character of the day. Well, that's just about it. Everybody ready? Let's get this show on the road. On the Road with Mickey is sponsored by Pixie Vacations by Mike Ellis and Tech Solutions NC. If you have any computing or travel needs, reach out to them. Tech Solutions is found at techsolutionsnc.com or on Facebook. And you can reach Mike for travel needs at mike at pixievacations.com or on Facebook at Pixie Vacations by Mike Ellis. Hey everyone, I'm Mike and she's Sophie. Hi. And together we are on the road with Mickey. You know, this is getting to be really close to our crunch time because our trip is one week away. It's insane to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, And today our feature topic is the power of Disney music. This is episode 10 for March 9th, 2020. But like always, before we start our feature topic discussion, we got some cheddar from the big cheese for this week that we wanted to share with you. So, Sophie, why don't you take us off with one of those? Um, All right. Well, there are some new things to do at the Seas with Nemo and Friends Pavilion. It's in Epcot. And now there is a scavenger hunt that you can do with Dory and her friends. It's self-led and it goes on throughout the pavilion, and I wonder what that's going to be like. I don't know, but it's kind of kind of interesting. It might be worth taking a look at maybe um, maybe after we ride the Seas with Nemo and Friends ride. We'll um, spend a few minutes and just take that in and see what it's about. I'm sure it's geared for the younger kids in the audience, but but it might still be fun to see and see if we can recommend it or if there's any thing that some of um, our families that have younger kids might enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of families, we have a very friend, we have a friend and her family that are very much allergy. Um, that doesn't sound right. They have allergies and I think this next one will be suited for them. Don't you think? I do. And I wanted to say that, um, you know, our friend Jagan has some issues with, with celiacs and, um, my friend, Sarah, who's, um, on the East coast, she actually lives in Florida, I believe. Um, she has a website called gluten-free dairy-free WDW.com. And if you have a family member or if you have an allergy to, um, gluten or dairy or any sorts of the dining restrictions like that, I would recommend that you check out her her website because um, she just posted 
um, allergy-friendly menu options for the Regal Eagle, which is at the American Adventure Pavilion in Epcot. Um, it just opened, and now we've got a menu for any allergy-friendly or allergy-friendly needs that you might have. Um, so that's a big, a big deal, I think, because it it helps people with allergies to be able to still enjoy some of the same things that people without allergies can enjoy. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So why don't you give us the next one, Sophie? Well, on March 4th, which was last week, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway has opened. That's how you know we're getting really close to it, to our trip because we said that it would be opening right before we went. And yep. according to the feedback, it is far better than most people ever imagined. And I really cannot wait to go ride it. I can't either. And I'm a little nervous because we don't have a fast pass for it. I'm mm. nervous because I saw a sign with the Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and it had, it said, after this point, it was like a 300-minute wait. And I don't know that I want to wait 300 minutes to just ride it. Oh, so, my goodness. So we're going to have to really see what we can do to get that ride in somehow. Definitely. Um, and we might have to wait a little bit of time, but hopefully not 300 minutes. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I'm really excited, and it's gotten a ton of positive feedback on it. So I really want to see what it's about as well. Yes. Um. And then back over at Epcot, um, I know a lot of my clients have been really interested in um, the new restaurant going in at Epcot called Space 220. And um, this this message is going out to Diana, one of my clients. Um, she really wants to see about Space 220. Well, Diana, it looks like um, you will start, they will start serving perhaps as early as next month, which would be April. I don't have a date. I don't have official word from Disney yet, but um, the, the group that's developing the restaurant said that they're going to be um, open for business in April. So I still can't make dining reservations yet, but hoping that we'll be able to do so in the near future. And I know that a lot of people are going to be excited about that. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the near future, we have some refurbishment announcements that need to be made. Yeah. One of them um, is a somewhat, it's not a long refurbishment, but it will impact some people and including some of my clients that are going to be, um, that are going to be there. Um, so Big Thunder Mountain Railroad is going to be closed from May 4th to the 22nd. So it's not a huge refurbishment, but it's long enough that it will impact people's trips. Um, and then also at the Magic Kingdom, the Swiss Family Robinson Treehouse will be closed from April 27th to May 4th. <clears throat> and Sophie, why don't you tell us the last one? And... Thankfully, this one is a schedule to reopen announcement. Disney's Movie Magic at Hollywood Studios will be is scheduled to reopen on March 13th, 2020. So yeah. we'll keep an eye out and let you know if it is open. Yeah. Um, 
And then the last bit of cheddar we have is related to the Haunted Mansion. Um, it seems that they've had some sort of issue with the track or with the doom buggies riding on the track. And um, it has not been open at all last week. It was closed on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And as of the date of recording, which we're recording on Friday the 6th, um, it is still closed. So I don't have any word on when it's going to reopen. Hopefully it'll be a short refurbishment to get that repaired. But we don't know. So right now the Haunted Mansion is not open at the Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, and I hope it opens it reopens before we get back there because I really want to ride it. Yeah. Yeah, I do too. So, um, Sophie, do you have any other news for us? Um, no, not that I can think of. Okay. Well, just a reminder to everyone that, um, we have our Facebook group. If you're on Facebook and you want to join it, just search for on the road with Mickey. It's both a Facebook page and it's also a group. Um, there's no requirements to join, no questions to answer, or anything like that. Just join in and have fun and um, get in the Disney discussion that we have going on there. So I hope to hear from you. And when we get back from, from our trip, in fact, we'll probably announce it during our trip because we're still going to plan on podcasting while we're at Disney. Right, Sophie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So while we're at Disney, we're going to talk about a giveaway that we're going to have that'll start when we get back from Disney. So be on the lookout for that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and exciting for, for whomever wins it. Um, so, so keep that in mind and hopefully you will be entered to win and hopefully you'll win. So, all right. So that leads us to our feature segment. And our feature segment is called The Power of Disney Music. And, um, you know, Sophie and I love our Disney music. It's it's what we do um, most often, I think, to get our Disney fix when we're not at Disney. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it, back in our group, we, we have a question out there about Disney music, about what's your favorite, what you think of it why you like it and stuff like that. So join our group and, and hit us up with conversation about it. Cause I think it's a lot of fun. Um, but you know, we all have our Disney favorites. We have favorites from movies and we have favorites from rides and, and we're going to cover both of those avenues. Um, and just a reminder, if you um, have any comments you want to make, you can make them in our group or you can send us an email the email address is info at on the road with Mickey.com, or you can leave us a voicemail. Voicemail number is 919-799-8390. So reach out to us or even just go to the website on the road with Mickey.com and leave us a comment. Any of those work and we'll see them all. So, um, so reach out to us if you have something you want to add. So Sophie, um, let's start with your stuff first. Okay. What, what do you see as making a great Disney song? Um, well, 
A great Disney song, I think, is it really depends on my mood because I I like music of all sorts of kinds. So for me, most of the time when I think Disney music, I think that it stands alone on its own. Yeah. Like it doesn't sound like something you'd necessarily hear on a, the radio, but it also doesn't sound like something you'd hear on Broadway. Yeah. It sounds iconic almost. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, um, my nephew, Brett, your cousin, Brett, mm-hmm. and, um, and his wife, Tara. Yeah. Okay. We were, I asked the question about what Disney music means. And I had a great comment from Disney. I mean, from Tara, sorry. And I'm going to, I'm going to quote her for this. She Mm -hmm. said, Disney music for me is what my childhood was made of. My family was big into Disney classics. So now when I hear a song, I can instantly go back to a particular memory day and everything because of one song that's i think that was a phenomenal comment and and that's why i had to quote it today but um that's really what it's about it's it's about you know one moment in time when you hear a song and it just takes you right back now obviously that doesn't pertain to just disney music there's music throughout that that evokes those emotions, you know, mm-hmm. but you know, we're focusing on Disney music and, um, and you know, I, I have several, in fact, I even have over on my dreams of Disney. If you search, um, my dreams, Disney.com for Disney music Monday, you'll see several entries that I had done of, um, music that was related to Disney that, that really just stood out for me for some reason or another, you know, but yeah, it's, it's just music that just kind of, um, just kind of takes you back to where you were when you first heard it. And I think that's <laughs> what makes Disney music more powerful because sometimes they do a better job of that than others. Yeah. I think that I agree with that statement. Okay. So give me an example of one of your Disney music songs that you really, really can relate with. Um, well, I wouldn't say that I necessarily relate with them, but when I listen to them, I hear inspiration in them. And my favorite type of Disney song is the song that I can work into my own stories because I'm a story writer. I really like to do that. And I like to use music to help me rein in on the theming of whatever it is I'm writing. Sure. Sometimes it's world building. Sometimes it's an emotional stepping point for a character. Mm-hmm. But one of my favorite songs for that is actually a song from Frozen 2, and it's called Show Yourself. And it's basically the song where Elsa goes into this giant ice cave at the River of Memory. 
that's frozen over, and it's where she finds out exactly what she's been meant to do all of her life, and it's so powerful that whenever I listen to it, I get chills. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I've got a Frozen song, too. Actually, I got a couple, but mm-hmm. they're not from the Frozen 2. They're from the original Frozen. I yeah. felt like... I felt like I had a, more of a connection with the original Frozen music, but I like the Frozen 2 music as well. But, um, but you know, one of my favorite songs from Frozen mm-hmm. was um, Anna's song called Do You Want to Build a Snowman? And the reason I liked it so much is it kind of caught me um, at a moment when we were going through some things as a family, you know, with, with mommy's uncle Bob passing away. Yeah. And, um, and it was really cool because, you know, that song starts out, do you want to build a snowman was a fun, let's go play sort of moment. And then it became kind of sad because, um, Anna had gotten hurt and Elsa felt like she couldn't play with her anymore. So it was a lonely kind of song. But then at the end, when um when their parents died it was even sadder because they were by themselves and they needed to rely on one another and they Mm -hmm. needed to they needed to include one another so that they would be able to make it through all that and that song just gripped me because it's like at the end it was like anna was just like can we go back to where we were at the beginning and that just that just really hit me. So, so mm-hmm. don't mean to be a downer, but that was one of my favorite songs because of that. That makes total sense now, and I can see why you like it so much. Yeah, um, but you know, I can talk about my other Frozen song if you want, or we can move on to something else to another song of yours. I mean, you, you can. You talk about your other Frozen song, and I'll talk about my other Frozen song. How about that? Okay, sounds like a plan. Mm-hmm. So my other Frozen song, of course, is Let It Go. And, um, you know, that was so wildly popular. And you can even now to this day, you can see little girls dressed up as Elsa singing that song in the middle of the snow at their mm-hmm. homes or wherever, even to this day. And it's, the movie's been, been out how many years now? Several years anyway. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's really cool because it's a, to me, it's a song of her saying, I'm not going to let these other emotions, these other things get me down. I'm going to just let it go. I'm going to focus on what I'm good at and what I can do. And I'm not going to let the world beat me down. And I think that's a great memory, a great a great point that we need to have in this world because it's a crazy world out there. And for me, my other Frozen 2 song is actually the world-building aspect of Show Yourself, and that would be All Is Found, and that's the lullaby that the Queen sings to Elsa and Anna when they were kids. Oh, gotcha. Mm -hmm. And it's powerful to me. I really like it, and... If I, if it were like less well known, as in if it weren't a Disney song, I might just sing it to my own kids, but I don't want them being like, Mom, why are you singing Frozen songs to us? (laughs) 
Well, you know, I don't, I'll admit, I don't know the Frozen 2 music as well as I do the first one. So I think that that is something, and maybe coming out of this, this podcast, um, I will, I will listen to some of these other musics. Um, and maybe some of our listeners will too. Maybe they'll pick up on some things. Um, and again, leave us a comment on what your songs are and so that we can look them up and listen to them as well. Um, you know, it's just, it's just fun. It's a great way to, to, to just really get in immersed in that Disney music. Um, you know, some other music I like from the movies, um, you know, everyone loves Mary Poppins. I don't know a single person. I've never met anyone that did not like Mary Poppins. And, and if I ever meet someone, I'll be like, wow, there is someone. But I, I haven't met them yet. <laughs> but I think you and I both agreed on, agree on both of these songs. Um, one is Feed the Birds. And the other is Let's Go Fly a Kite. I definitely agree on both of those ones because there's just something so emotionally compelling about both of them. Like with Feed the Birds, it's it's slow, it's soft, and it's also yeah. powerful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 basically it's just a reminder that it's not all about what money we have. It's about helping others. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a great song. I just, I can't explain it. Same thing with let's go fly a kite. You know, it's just, it just takes us back and reminds us of what things are about when it, with regards to having fun and, just embracing our childhood, regardless of how old we are, you know? Mm-hmm. I love that song, though. I love it. And I love all the references and Mary Poppins returns that they put to that song. Like, do yeah. you remember when Michael told Jane right as the clock was about to strike midnight? He was like, Jane, let's go fly a kite. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um. And yeah, I liked it too. I liked all those references as well. So. Yes. Well, what's next for you? Unless you want me to talk about some of mine. Go ahead and talk about one of yours or two of yours. Okay. Well, I. Frozen 2 is the only movie that I have multiple songs from on my list. But I'm going to go ahead and talk about the intro song to Winnie the Pooh because I really, really like that one. It's just childish and it's cute and it tells a story there through the song and I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So talk a little bit more about it. Well, I can, whenever I hear that song, I can imagine myself like going through a hollow in a tree and ending up in the hundred acre wood and just looking around and seeing this, all these cute little animals as they come out and introduce themselves to me. Like I can, 
I know, I imagine myself in Christopher Robin's footsteps, or at least I imagine myself as like this one friend that he brings around to play with him sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. That's cool. I like that because I can visualize what you're saying. You know, mm-hmm. it's really kind of neat. Um, yeah, that that's neat. And, I, you know, we haven't been we haven't really watched much in the way of Winnie the Pooh for quite a while because, you know, we've all grown up. But um, but like we said on a previous podcast, getting ready for riding Winnie the, Winnie the Pooh is going to be so much fun, even though. It's, you know, a ride that we've been riding for, what, 12, 14 years now? Um, oh, I think longer than, well, yeah, actually, yeah, 14 that. years, because I was four when I first went to Disney. Yeah, so so it'll be fun to, to recapture that, you know, and to have fun with that once again. Um, and mm-hmm. I have one more song from a Disney movie that I wanted to touch and it's from the movie brave. And I don't think brave gets enough um, recognition for the, for being such a good movie. I think it's an awesome movie and I think the music from it is really good too. But this song that I really like is um, it's called touch the sky. Oh and yeah. I really like it because it, um, it gives us a reminder you know, of, of how powerful Disney lyrics or any lyrics can be, you know. So, you know, some of the lyrics are, I will ride, I will fly, chase the wind and touch the sky. And then later on it says, take hold of my own dream, be as strong as the Caesar's dormy and proud as an eagle scream. And then lastly, I will chase the wind and touch the sky and to me that's like the ultimate pep song you know it is if something happens you know you're gonna chase it you're gonna chase after your dreams and then you're gonna take charge of it and you're gonna stand up against any adversity that comes and then you're gonna be proud of your accomplishments and build off of them to even greater success and just you know i think that just is it's a powerful statement, you know, it and it just, I just like it because, it, because there's so much more than just a song. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think my song, the next song I'm going to talk about, it's like touch the sky, but more, it's more emotional. It's uh-huh. not necessarily a pep talk. It's more about the recognition of finding someone to help you touch the sky. And that would be, I see the light from Tangled. And that's the one in the boat scene where they all, where Rapunzel and Flynn are raising lanterns up into the sky with the rest of the kingdom. And I remember this one scene in it where Rapunzel reaches out over the water and lifts up a lantern that was about to fall into the water i remember that yeah and just watching her eyes full of wonder as she's there with all those lanterns it just makes her feel like she could fly and it makes me feel like i could fly and just i love it it's a perfect love song it's it is beautiful 
It is beautiful. It's an <laughs> awesome song. And it's a great moment in the movie. In fact, all these songs are just making me wonder if we need to have a movie night tonight, Sophie. Oh, I plan on watching Winnie the Pooh when we get off of recording this. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Well, I'll leave you to that. But, um, you know, Disney movies isn't the only place, of course, where where music is to be found. And one of the biggest things I like about Disney is the music in the parks, too. And some Mm -hmm. of these songs that we've listed in our favorites for from the parks are are songs that we heard first in a movie, perhaps. But um, but you know what? They're still great songs, and I reference them. I think of them with regards to the parks. So, Sophie, give me one of your favorite from the parks songs. Well, as you said, one of my favorite pieces of music from the parks was actually referenced from not one, not two, but... <sighs> many 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 different movies and that's the score in mickey's philharmagic it's you know the one where donald gets sucked into mickey's hat and then he goes into the little mermaid beauty and the beast fantasia all of those different songs and it's just whimsical it's a story and it's a well-written story of course and I remember one time when we were driving home from Disney, I was in the back seat. I had my phone out and I was writing notes and I was just making something akin to that. But it was along the lines of Figment as well. And I was using so- songs that had been in my Disney playlist on my phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was great. I just loved to see. I just loved to imagine how the play would turn out and it's basically figment opening up a bunch of different idea bags in the dream vault from that song one little spark that we have on our thing yeah and it was a whimsical story he went into the little mermaid he went into beauty and the beast he went into all those ones except fantasia but that was made up for by him actually finishing out in the haunted mansion and then coming back and this giant, this giant, I want to say medley of Disney songs that was at the end of the playlist just plays. That's cool. I like how you, how you took that, Sophie. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't think mine are anywhere near as involved as yours when it comes to that. But, um, and, and this first one that I listed may be controversial for a lot of our a lot of our listeners some of them it's either a, it's a love hate song you either love it or you hate it and i don't even know if it needs any introduction but um but the song from it's a small world by by the sherman brothers you know it it's a small small world you know and it's it's a great song though because it's it's uplifting you know, and it and it just reminds us that regardless of who we are, where we live, what we're going through, there's other people across the world. They may look different than us. They may have different circumstances, but together we can all change the world for good, you know, and it's just and to me, that's that's what Disney is so good at doing is reminding us that 
that we can improve our, our world, you know? I agree, and I actually love that song. I do too, and I know it's crazy and it gets stuck in everyone's head, and a lot of people are like, no, I can't take it. It makes my ears bleed or whatever, but I think it's a great song. Mm-hmm. Sure, I couldn't listen to it over and over and over again, but I like it. Yeah. And, you know, there's a couple others that I like. And one of them is, um, you know, it, it takes us back to our our haunted mansion issue where they're not open right now. But I hope that they're open when we get there. And it's the Grim Grinning Ghost song. You know, it, it's you hear it throughout almost throughout the entire ride. Um, and you especially hear it in the cemetery scene. And it just plays over and over again. And it just is on a loop. And it's cool though and it's one of my favorite it's one of my favorites because it's just so neat and i love the variations of it too yeah like yeah the haunted mansion is as great a ride as any and the reason i like it so much is because the lore behind it is hardly ever touched on like do you know the name of the bride in the attic daddy I should know her name, but it's it's escaping me right now. Exactly. That just proves my point. Her name is Constance Hatchaway. Oh, Hatchaway. And she has a hatchet. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's not coincidental, is it, Sophie? No, that's not coincidental at all. But <laughs> there is a bunch more lore that I could go into, but I know that I'd get us off topic. So why don't we move on to some of the other music that we hear in the parks? And one of my favorite things, one of my favorite songs from the parks has to be the song from Soren. It's the music that you hear, both uh-huh. in Soren over California, classic Soren, and Soren over the world. I love yeah. them all because it's the same thing. It just makes you feel like you're flying. Yeah. It does. And, it, and of course, the ride does a great job of, of bringing you that that aspect, too, and making you feel like you're flying. But um, but yeah, the music just just takes it to that next degree, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, one other song that I like is Whistle While You Work. And I know I know it was originally done in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs in the movie. And it's the dwarfs, and that's that's fine. But I think of it more from a perspective of um, the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train ride. Or even um, before that, Snow White Scary Adventures. Um, which, of course, is dating myself because Snow White Scary Adventures has been closed for quite a while at the Magic Kingdom. But um, Well, it's but still there really in like Disneyland. It. Yeah. Yeah, but it Disney World is not there. Um, so, but I like it, you know, whistle while you work. It just reminds us that even if you're going off to your work job and you don't like what you're doing or whatever, whistle and have fun and make it a good day because attitude is everything. Mm-hmm, I agree. And speaking of the fact that it's still open in Disneyland, I'm going to move over to that side of the coast. Go for it. And my two 
I have two songs that I love from Disneyland just because it seems that I go as often over there as I do to Disney World down in Florida. Mm-hmm. And this one I don't think is still there, but The World of Color. I love The World of Color. As far as I know, World of Color is still there at California Adventure. Um, I don't know if it has been closed for a refurbishment. Let me check that. But um, but you keep talking while I look that up. Well, the reason I love World of Color is because it takes music and it puts it to a visually appealing scene. And that would be a bunch of water being sprayed up from the lagoon in what is now Pixar Pier, but was originally Paradise Pier. And there's very vibrant technicolor light being projected onto that water and it just looks like you're looking at a rainbow river it's amazing and they even project like they even project videos on it too not just water like they often project characters from different scenes to set the mood for you Mm mm-hmm and it's just whimsical. It's amazing to look at. And that's what makes World of Color so cool. And by the way, it's still there. Yay! Um, um, what make that's what makes it so cool is they pull music and scenes from from a lot of different many or movies and and other things, shows and so forth. And so it really, you know, it, it can adapt depending on what they're showing. You know, um, but um, speaking of Snow White Scary Adventures a few minutes ago, um, right now over at Disneyland, it is closed for refurbishment. It's scheduled to reopen in sometime in the spring of 2020. We don't know exactly when. Um, and the Haunted Mansion is also closed for refurbishment over there. Also scheduled to reopen in the spring of 2020. My um, goodness. But World of Color had been closed for refurbishment um, some time back, but it's not listed as being closed at all right now. So, mm. so anyway, so that's good to know. But, um, but yeah, the, um, the music at World of Color is really cool because, you know, it can, it can adapt for whatever the movie is that they're particularly showing in that scene, you know, and that's what makes it really so cool. Yes. And and then my last one I've got, and this is the last bit of Disney music I've got on my head right now, is uh, Zippity Doodah from um, Splash Mountain. And of course, you and I love that song, and we love Definitely. we love it because it's so long, and it's so cool, and and that whole that 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 music for the entire ride is really classic. But zippity doodah is just that's like the the piece de resistance, you know, of that of that attraction at the end there. It so, is. So it's really a cool attraction and it's a really cool piece of music. And it's just one of my favorite it just makes me happy when I hear it. Mm-hmm. And my final bit of music for my list from the parks 
has to be phantasmic. I've actually never seen it in Disney World, but I have seen it in Disneyland, and I really, really liked it. So I can't wait yeah. to see what it's going to be like when we go. Yeah, and we're going to see it this this time too, because we have um, the Mama Melrose is a phantasmic dining package. So we'll have dinner, well, late an early dinner at Mama Melrose, and then we'll see the show that night. So that'll be cool. Um, one last thing um, that I wanted to highlight is one of our group members, Jennifer. Um, her favorite song is When You Wish Upon a Star, which is an awesome song, you know. And we didn't even touch in the, the music of wishes and so forth because there's so much good music. Like the music... Um, from the end of Illuminations. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love that song, you know, and we didn't even touch it. And of course, Illuminations is gone now. And um, and we haven't seen Epcot forever. So that'll be an interesting fireworks show for us to see. But um, but yeah, there's just so much music in the in the in the shows from um, the fireworks, even that that we didn't even touch upon. But her favorite song is when you wish upon a star. So mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully other people like it. And again, give us your favorites. What are your favorite songs for Disney music? Do you like just the movie songs? Do you like the park songs? Do you like them both? Do you like neither? Let us know. We love the comments and we'd love to have some. So, um, so do you have anything else on this topic, Sophie? No, I do not. Okay. Well... Then that wraps up for um, our feature topic, the power of Disney music. And I think um, our words today help people to understand why we like the Disney music so much. So I look forward to the feedback. Um, And that brings us to our Disney history. Um, This day in Disney history for March 9th. What do you got for us, Sophie? Well, to be honest, Daddy... It wasn't until about 10 minutes ago that I realized I was looking at February 9th and not March 9th. So don't worry, I have something picked. Okay. It's in 1985, and it focuses around a parade that is very dear to both of our hearts, the Main Street Electrical Parade. Yes. Well, in 1985... Tokyo Disneyland's Main Street Electrical Parade debuted. It's basically a carbon copy of the original Disneyland Electrical Parade. Yeah. So that debuted at Tokyo Disney in 1985. Okay. You know, I admit, when you said you were looking at February 9th, it got me looking over there at February 9th to see what we got. (laughs) Did you have something from there? Oh, yes. I had something about this TV show called The Mouse Factory. Nice. Nice. Yes. And another thing, too. This one is even better. And in 1984, Roy E. Disney resigned from the central board of the Walt Disney Company, setting in motion a series of takeover bids, maneuvering that by August will actually leave him in control of the company. Wow. Yeah. 
I'm not sure what I what I like if I like that because it seems it seems like that like it became all about money at that point. Yes, but at the I same, mean, at least at the corporate level. Yes, that's true. But then again, it is a company, and at least it was still being owned by a Disney. Yeah, true, and that's true. And I, I guess that's a good point. To um, that's a good reason why you should mention it. And there's nothing wrong with it. It just um, didn't hit it right just with seems, you. It didn't hit right with me. It seems like I'm sure that, that was probably part of the reason why he did that. Um, of course, I don't know, but um, was to keep it in the Disney name instead of it just being all run by you know outsiders um, yeah. or not non-family anyway. So I, I wonder if that's still applicable today. I'm not quite sure. It's a, it's an interesting thought. I like talking about the parks. I, I um, for me, the corporate side of Disney. So many people like talking about corporate Disney. For me, that does absolutely nothing for me. But um, but that is still a cool piece of of Disney history, um, mm-hmm. because you know it, it begs the question of what would have happened if he hadn't have done that. Yeah. What would have what would be different today with the parks, for example? And we yeah. will never know, of course, but but it's really a, a cool thought process. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any other history items for us today, Sophie? Well, on March 9th, 2005, it is reported that the Hong Kong Disneyland theme park, which was set in t- to open in September later that year, had already booked 10 thousand room reservations for its hotel since it opened a customer call center three weeks prior wow that's cool so they had a lot of support and interest in in um hong kong disneyland yes they did yeah and you know um we don't really talk about the coronavirus and all that um and i'm not going to except to say that um because of the the concern overseas, um, Tokyo Disney, um, Disney Sea, um, and Hong Kong Disney, they're all closed right now. And I don't know when they're going to reopen, but, um, but it's just a reminder that, um, that the world is impacted by this a lot more than we are right now in the States. So just mm-hmm. use common sense, wash your hands frequently, for 20 seconds don't touch your nose and all that and you know just remember common sense techniques for combating any sort of virus um so anyway so any other disney history for us today sophie nope not for today all right then that leads me into our disney who's who character for the day yes tell me about them well because we focused on music, um, I wanted to focus on a movie and a character that had some really awesome music involved in it. And so for our Who's Who character, I chose Rapunzel from the movie Tangled. 
Ooh, how fitting then. Yep. And as we all know, Rapunzel was kidnapped as a baby. She was raised in a tower. She believed Mother Gothel was her real mother. And Mother Gothel um, was selfish and taught Rapunzel to fear the outside world. Okay. But despite all that, Rapunzel is down to earth, creative, fun-loving, friendly, brave. And as we all know, she has magical hair that grows and grows and grows. And it glows when she sings a special song. It can heal any ailment, and um, including old age. Mm-hmm. So for 18 years, Rapunzel had one dream. To see the lights that rose into the air every year on her birthday. And she didn't know that those lights were for her, did she? No, she didn't. Um, but thanks to Flynn Rider and his appearance, um, Rapunzel was finally able to make that dream. And she learned that she was the kingdom's lost princess. Yes, and it's amazing and, how smart she had to be to make that connection. Yeah, and it's now it's up to her with um, with her parents and with Flynn Rider to find a new dream for her and to take on that new dream and to, to live it to the fullest. But here is two bits of did you know for Rapunzel. Let me ask you first. Do yeah. you know how do you know how long her hair is, Sophie? Seventy feet tall. Yes, it is seventy feet long. How did you know that? Have you read the book? No, but there's actually a new Disney series called Tangled Ever After, I think. Oh. And it talks about the lore behind Rapunzel and her long golden hair. And it refers to something called the sun drop. And there's actually also a moon drop. Uh And it actually talks about the time between when Rapunzel gets freed from the tower and when she and Flynn Rider get married, or Eugene, as his actual name goes. Right. And it's a huge, it's actually very very popular and a bunch of people like it and during the series she actually regains her long golden hair when she touches something to do with the moon drop okay and she literally says to the person who's with her um i'm sorry do you not see the 70 feet of my father's going to kill me growing from my head (laughs) that's funny well, you're absolutely right. Her hair is 70 feet long. And, of course, when it got cut, it wasn't nearly that long. But, oh, no. um, and then the last bit of Did You Know. Do you? Let me see if you know this one, too, since you know a lot about Rapunzel. Um, do you know what her favorite food is? Um, hazelnut soup. Well, you're right on that as well. So, evidently... My did you know is intended for everyone else except Sophie. (laughs) (laughs) Keep in mind that I mentioned her music as part of my favorite music. so. So, yeah, there's a little research I'd already been done. But yes, Rapunzel's favorite food is hazelnut soup. I'm not so sure I would like hazelnut soup, but I haven't tried it, so. 
Neither have I. It involves wild parsnips. Ah. And so, that concludes our Disney Who's Who. And my last bit for us today is our Walt Disney quote. And um, as we've been talking about music all episode, that's what we're going to talk about in our quote as well. So this is a quote from Walt Disney. Music has always had a prominent part in all of our products from the early cartoon days. So much so, in fact, that I cannot think of the pictorial story without thinking about the complementary music which will fulfill it. Often the musical theme comes first, suggesting a way of treatment. This was the case with Tchaikovsky music for Sleeping Beauty, which finally formulated our presentation of the classic. I have had no formal musical training, but by long experience and by strong personal leaning, the selection of musical themes, original or adapted, we were guided to wide audience acceptance. Credit for the memorable songs and scores must, of course, go to the brilliant composers and musicians who have been associated with me through the years. So, you know, music wasn't just a big thing for you and I and for the people that love Disney music. It also was a big thing for Walt Disney. And that is something that I really, really respect because music makes the world interesting. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that wraps us up for today. So we hope you all have a great week and look for some special podcast entries um, next week while we're at Disney. I'm not sure exactly how we'll do it, but we're going to make it happen. So thanks, and everyone have a great Disney week. Bye. Bye.